Welcome. Don't adjust your dial. Five pilots are coming at you. Michael Pickering here talking about our famous question what's going on in the world today? And we're jumping right into it with updates in Myanmar and the continuing trial of Aung San Suu Kyi, one of the former leaders of the country. While it was still somewhat of a democracy before the military coup that took place on February 1st of 2021, coming up on exactly a year since that coup. Crazy to think about, it's been almost a year already. But she was arrested that day, charged with multiple crimes over time, but one of the first ones we talked about back then was having in her possession two illegal walkie-talkies. And we said it then, we'll say it again right now, that was some bullshit, for sure. So for breaking an export-import law, a telecommunications law, and for allegedly violating regulations during campaign season um, that were unrelated to the walkie-talkies, but all of that collectively together, she was given five years in prison this week. To add to the two years in prison she was given last month that we talked about. So seven years so far. And she's still on trial for other things. Like really, people, the military is doing everything they can to try and make this look legitimate and lock her up for life. They're just piling on the charges, piling on the years. And what is the world doing about it? I don't even have to give you a five count to guess. You already know. There isn't anyone that's going to lift a finger here. Sanctions here and there, you know, that's not going to hurt the military junta, though. We already know that sanctions almost never hurt the people that they are intended for. Sanctions hurt the real people of a nation, the people who are already struggling with life. But the people of Myanmar, well, they still have a say in this, because they are not simply fading away quietly. Resistance is still ever-present there. And we'll be watching to see how the people of the country react to these guilty verdicts of Aung San Suu Kyi when her trial wraps up completely. We'll keep you posted, people. Now let's head on over to a headline that's not a headline, because when something happens between these two countries, it really means nothing happens between these two countries. And yes, we're talking about Russia and the United States. They're having talks and or had talks about Ukraine as though Ukraine can't talk for themselves. But Russia and the U.S. are talking about Ukrainian politics and making decisions for the country themselves. Or not really. And in true Russian-U.S. politics fashion, they agreed that they don't agree on a damn thing. That's right. Russia insists, insists that Ukraine be permanently barred from entering NATO, the North Atlanta Treaty Organization, a military alliance between Western countries. And the U.S. says... No, you can't make that kind of decision for a different country. Ukraine, just like any other country in the world, has the right of self-decision. The choice to choose for themselves what they will do. And Russia? Well, they disagree. You know, a, a classic case of a democratic country facing a non-democratic country and realizing planet Earth is not a democracy. People see the world in different ways, and since there is no world government, there is no right or wrong. There's only what is and what is not, and what countries do, and what other countries do not let them do. 
You know, things like this always hit me in a weird kind of way. Because it's never a surprise that Russia and the U.S. don't agree on anything. Sure, no, we never really expect them to. But it hits me in a weird kind of way because every time it happens, it's always a cold, chilling reminder that there is no world government. And countries really are just doing their thing, whatever that thing may be. We'll let you know about any more disagreements between these two countries in the future because, you know, they'll keep disagreeing on more. And now it's time for that very nice segment we like every single week. Lo-fi global trivia. Mm-hmm. And we're going to keep in the theme of Russian-U.S. relations and see how your Cold War trivia is. Uh-huh. You know, that war that happened for decades between the U.S. and Russia, or the Soviet Union, during the time after World War II. But the two countries never officially went to war. They just fought each other through other countries' wars, which we call proxy wars. That's right. So let's hit it. Question number one. During the Kennedy administration in the United States, the Soviet Union, a.k.a. Russia, tried to put missiles on Cuba and started the Cuban Missile Crisis. What year was the crisis in? Five seconds. And five, four, three, two, one. Our answer? The Cuban Missile Crisis took place in 1962. That's right. Question number two. What are the two Russian words associated with the end of the Cold War, which in English roughly translate to the opening up of the country. And they were made famous by Mikhail Gorbachev. And five, four, three, two, one. Now answer, glasnost and perestroika. That's right. I know you know that one. Yes, you did. Mm -hmm. Two for two. I'm sure you are. Question number three. What year is attributed as the unofficial end of the Cold War? And five. Four, three, one, two. See what I did there? Our answer is 1989. And follow-up question, question number two is, what event in 1989 is attributed as the beginning of the end of the Cold War? And a clue, it did not take place in Russia. What 1989 event is attributed as the beginning to the end of the Cold War? And five, four, three, two, one. The fall of the Berlin Wall. That's right. And our final question. What year was the Soviet Union officially dissolved in Russia? And five, four, three, two, one. 1991. That's right. And in 1991, Russia transitioned to a democracy. Go figure that shit, eh? Mm-hmm. And a bonus question. When did Vlad the Impaler Putin become president of Russia? Five, four, three, two, one. Our answer? 1999. The Soviet Union dissolved. And eight years later, Putin becomes president and hasn't left power since. Now isn't that some shit? Now let's switch gears back to that lo-fi global news we love so much and talk about things in Egypt and as they relate to culture and gender. And you know, firstly, culture is many things, right? You know, culture is food, culture is language, culture is where you're from, it's what you believe in, it's, it's your religion. Uh, culture is a combination of a lot of different things. And different cultures believe 
different things all around the world. You know, they have a multitude of what they consider acceptable behavior. And not all cultures believe in gender equality or even believe that gender equality means the same thing universally. Or another way you think you can think about it, there are people in all cultures who do not believe in gender equality. And there are people in all cultures who do believe in gender equality. And I say this before I jump into the story because a lot of times people mistake culture as some general kind of thing and paint an entire region or an entire group of people or an entire country as something they are not. So it's important for us to remind ourselves, people are diverse, no matter where you go. Now the news. In Egypt, a female teacher was at a work social event with colleagues and was dancing. Not inappropriate dancing, just dancing. Someone filmed her without her consent and posted it online. There was a lot of backlash about how inappropriate the woman was for dancing in public. She was fired from her job as a teacher at the school, and her husband divorced her. That being said, there has been some major pushback to that pushback, and a lot of people came to her defense in the country, and she was appointed to another school pretty quickly after, and was offered a job by the Egyptian Center for Women's Rights, and she's filing an official legal complaint against the education ministry in Egypt. And she's going to sue the person who took the video without her consent and posted it online. Damn, people, let's be real. This is some shit. Like, the fact that this is even taking place in 2022, well, it hits you in a weird kind of way, right? In a cold, chilling kind of way. And reminds you that the world is a very big place and the people on it are very different. But surely, and obviously, there are assholes in every country. Write in on this one, people. I'm curious, you know, what are you thinking out there? Different cultural beliefs. Can culture be a justification for gender inequality? It seems like this is a hot topic no matter where you are in the world. Let's talk about it. And for our next story, well, we're going to talk about another asshole, actually. Although... This one happens to be the president of a country. And no, 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 don't go automatically thinking it's the president or prime minister of whatever country you, you're living in. No, no, because today we're talking about Uganda. And how do you know the president of Uganda is an asshole, you may be asking? Well, question. When did President Museveni of Uganda first become president? And five, four, three, two, one. Answer. 1986. Question number two. How many years has the president, President Museveni, been president of Uganda? Because surely, you know, he must have taken some breaks since 1986. It's a long time, huh? So how long has he been president? Five, four, three, two, one. Answer. 36 years. You see? I told you. Asshole. Anyway, there's an author who's been critical of the president on Twitter and was arrested on December 28th and now has been charged with, wait for it, 
disturbing the peace of the president and son. Disturbing the peace of the president. Now, if that doesn't sound like some authoritarian dictator type of bullshit, I don't know what does. Again, people, I can't say it enough. The world is a big place and the people on it so, so very diverse. And with no global government, it's just a world of countries doing whatever they want. Although, let's move to a last piece of news that really showcases it's just not countries. It's also humans. Well, we're really doing whatever we want these days, too. And then sometimes, in really weird kind of ways that you just wouldn't think about. A last piece of news to send you on your way for the day. A 57-year-old man in the United States was given a pig heart for a transplant. It's about four days into it now, and he is still alive. He is the first person in the history of the planet to receive a pig heart transplant. And no, this is not a bullshit story. This is real. This is human beings just going all kind of cray-cray, doing whatever we want. But seriously, you should check this article out, people. You should read into the science behind it. Because humans and pigs are very similar mammals. And there's some breakthrough science going down here. And we will surely be watching with great interest to see if this individual continues to survive. But also the quality of his life as he does survive. And definitely write in if you hear something first, people, because we all want to know how this story goes. And that's a brief snapshot of what's going on in the world today. Interested in writing at the show? Follow us on YouTube, Instagram, myself on LinkedIn. Email us. Let your voice be heard. Always remember that Lo-Fi Poli is more than just me. It's the we that we be. Peace and well-being to all my human beings out there. Much love and always the best. Pickering, signing off.